Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com. Pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Thank you, moms, and happy Mother's Day. Well, we are in this new series about who we are. And a lot of times when we are going through seasons of life, uh, the devil definitely plants thoughts into our life of who we are. And so we end up not thinking of ourselves the way God thinks of us. Instead, we think of ourselves according to things that are untruths. And there are four untruths specifically that it seems like the devil will bombard our thought life with that, that can be debilitating in our walk with him and, and really in just being successful in life. And that first thought is the thought of irrelevance. That I'm just, I'm irrelevant. We think things like we can't make a difference, uh, that we're unwanted, that we're not needed, or that maybe we're not even marketable anymore. We get to a point in our life where, you know, we're, maybe we're getting older or maybe we've been in the same wor work, a line of work for a long time and we think, gosh, if anything ever happened to my job, you know, and I had to go somewhere else, I probably wouldn't even be marketable anymore. Nobody would really, really want me. And, if we, and we need to understand that if the devil can defeat us in our thoughts, then the battle is so much easier for him. He wants us to feel irrelevant. He wants us to feel like we don't matter. Yet scripture says that we are all a part of the body of Christ, that we, can, we can't make it successfully without each other. We all have different gifts to get the job done. Now, the, one of the things, and, and uh, Pastor Hooper and I and, pa and Pastor Dan were talking about this just this morning about how blessed we are here at Fellowship to have just this incredible team of, of staff that, that are around us. And not only that, but this incredible team of volunteers in this ministry. Our church is so blessed. We are so blessed. And yes, give, yes, give yourself a hand because you guys are a part of this great team. And where one person can do one thing, another person can do another. And our strengths and our weaknesses balance each other out. And as, as a staff, we were just looking at that. And it's so cool how one person is like, yeah, I, I got this. I got this. And another person wants to say, I don't. So let them do it because they're way better at it than me. And each and every one of us, God designed according to his purpose with special gifts, with special, uh, whether it's, it's your heart or your ability or your personality or your experience or your spiritual gifts. He shaped you to do something very special. Like, so this morning I'm speaking. Okay, so I can speak, but I can't fix everything around here that needs to be fixed. I can't. <laughs> I, you know, you're not supposed to get heckled from your founding pastor while you're speaking. <clears throat> that is not a spiritual gift. <clears throat> but, you know, I, I might be able to speak, but I, I can't run the cameras. I can't do all the stuff on the computer. I am, I am horrible with computers. Horrible. Technical support, I, get, I call somebody on technical support, they need to get a raise because it's going to take them two days to figure out what's wrong with my computer just because I, I don't get that. But let's say even if I could do all of those things, all the things that has to happen on a weekly basis to pull off this service, I couldn't do them all at once. 
And it's because God designed us that way. He designed us to be a part of this body. Some people are hands, some people are arms, some people are legs. And we make up this body of believers and we're all very relevant. We all pay a part in the kingdom work. We all play a part in our organizations that we're a part of. And we all play an important part in our home. So we are not irrelevant. But it is amazing how we will go through times in our life where we feel like we do. And sometimes the people that feel the most irrelevant, you look at from the outside and go, are you kidding me? We, I could not imagine trying to run an organization without you. I cannot imagine trying to run our family without you. It's just a lie from the devil. Here's another one. is a fleeting attitude. Fleeting You struggle with what I call and what the Bible refers to as a spirit of evil forebodings. And we've talked about this before. And what the spirit of evil forebodings will do in your life is it will make you think good things won't last. That the wheels are, you know, things may be going good right now, but the wheels are going to come off this at any time. And what happens when you think that way is you can't enjoy the good times in your life for fear that the blessing is fleeting. And you work and you toil so hard at something, and when it goes well, you aren't even able to celebrate it. Now, how, what, what, what a horrible existence that is. I mean, God will call you to do certain things, or God puts certain projects in your life, and you have these victories, whether they're at work, or they're in ministry, or they're within your home, and you, and you have these great victories. And instead of enjoying them, your mind processes, yeah, but it's not going to last. One of the things that clerics do is that. We just kind of move on to the next project and we don't celebrate what, what God has done. And so one of the things that we, we've really tried to implement here on staff is when we have a victory, we celebrate it. We celebrate it. We get together and we talk about it. So we just had this incredible O2 weekend last weekend. And it's awesome, right? 200 middle schoolers and high schoolers that, had come, that came out and just worshiped their face off and had all these awesome experiences with God. And it just changed them in such an incredible way. And all, the amount of work that it takes to pull that weekend off. But if you're not careful, everything goes great. And really, you don't really talk about anything unless something goes wrong. In, 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 in projects like that, but everything goes great. Talk about that. Celebrate that. One of the things that the Hebrews always had was they had a, 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 they had a, um, a harvest, a celebration harvest. So, so when they had a harvest, they would harvest their crops. They would celebrate that because they understood that that came from God. Last, uh, I think it was Wednesday, we got together, the, the staff, the, the youth staff and several others that helped a lot with, uh, with O2 had a lunch where we just sat down together and we broke bread and we talked about every cool thing that we saw happen at O2 and we celebrated it. And guys, we have to do that. We have to celebrate things, but we have to understand if those thoughts come in and the devil tries to steal your joy from what God has given you, rebuke it. In Jesus' name, bind that spirit of evil forebodings. You can do that, and it will go away. But the devil wants to make that thought in your mind very prevalent as you go through the the highs of your life. The other one, and this is a huge one, is that we're undeserving. We're undeserving. And this this often comes from what people have said to you or about you. They word curse you, in a sense. And their words have programmed you to see yourself in a limited way. 
or we think we've done something that has disqualified us from blessings. We've messed up in some way that has caused us to go, oh yeah, well, you know, I, I would be blessed if I hadn't have made this choice, if I hadn't had this major screw up in my life, if I hadn't have done what I'd done, then I would be deserving. But that is so contrary to what God has for us. But when we have this mindset, when opportunity arises, we'll shrink back because we think that we don't deserve it. We'll shrink back when it comes to relationships. I, I could never have a, a woman like that. I could never have a, a man like that because I, I don't deserve it. I can never have a job like that because I don't deserve it. I, I can never be, be good at a project or, or take that project on because I don't deserve it. We've got to stop listening to what others think about us and, and others say about us and how our mind thinks and instead see ourselves as God sees us. Now, I, when I was in high school, I played football. I played a lot of different sports. And I had this one coach, and he was so abusive, okay? You guys that play football, it seems like we usually at some point growing up, we get that abusive coach that just likes to call us every name in the book. It likes to just beat us down with his words. And, and they say they do that to motivate us, which I don't under, really understand. I've never really understood that, that, that mindset. But I think we can, every one of us can think of that one coach. And I had one, and I'm telling you, he would call me every name in the book. And I was 15, 20 years later still dealing with the things he said to me and the way that I felt, honestly, abused by him. And I had to, like, I had to change my thought life when it comes to that. Now, I've always thought since then it would be really, really cool if, if I would have known what I know now because God has taught me. And instead of running off the field and having him call me all these things and saying all these things to me and have it beat me down, if I were to run off the field and instead when he's like, you're so weak, Roseberry, you're such a whoosh. You just come on, come on, buck up, man. What's wrong with you? If I had just run off and says, no, no, I, I'm strong. I, I'm more than a conqueror. Isn't that awesome as, as a football player? Or what are you, stupid? No, I'm, I'm of sound mind. You're weak. You're so weak. Are, are you so, what, what are you afraid? What are you scared? No, I, I don't have a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound judgment. <laughs> that would have felt so good, but I probably would have never got to play. <laughs> so we are deserving. We are worthy, Right? God loves us. He wants to give us gifts. It's, you know, when your kids mess up, you don't say to them, I'm never going to give you anything for Christmas again. I'm never going to give you a gift again because of that mess up. God wants to blow your mind with his blessings. You are worthy of it. And not worthy from what you're past, but worthy because of who you are in him. You are deserving. And then there's this final lie, and that is that we're just ordinary. We're ordinary. We think we aren't special, that we are just average or maybe even unworthy. But the truth is, is that we are extraordinary. 
to the point that Jesus died for us. And I know we've heard that over and over again from the time we're little in Sunday school that we're, you know, we do matter because Jesus died for us. But for some reason, that slips away. We stop understanding it and we stop believing it. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. That is incredible to me. That the God of the universe is standing over us, singing over us. I mean, there's not a bigger expression in our culture of love than if you were to write a love song for somebody, right? And he doesn't sing over you quietly. He yells as he sings because he loves you so much, because you are so extraordinary. I mean, not only did did he give his son as an ultimate sacrifice so he can spend eternity in us, as we're going around, he sings over us. He rejoices over us. How cool is that? We are anything but ordinary. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. Children of God. So if God is the king of kings and we are his kids, what does that make us? We are royalty. Royalty. We are his princes and princesses. When God identifies us as his prince and princess, this is not only talking about our identity, it's talking about our inheritance. And to be an heir of the creator of the universe means we are anything but ordinary. Have you ever really thought about how God views you? How he looks at you. If he could call you something, what would it be? Now the world has gone, as you've gone through the life, your life, the world has called you all kinds of things. A lot of those things you've pushed away, but a lot of those things you've believed. Most of those things have not been good, and that's kind of what has shaped you. But have you ever thought what Jesus would call you? As most of us grew up and when we were little, our mom or our dad might have had a special name for each and every one of us. A name that when we hear now, maybe our parents are already gone, but when we hear it now, it still brings back all these awesome memories. Can you imagine what God's name is for you? The scripture says in Isaiah 62 too, and this is about our future, that the nations will see your righteousness. Kings will be blinded by your glory. And the Lord will give you a new name. One of the coolest things I thought that happened at O2 last weekend was we gave our students an opportunity to hear God's voice and to hear what he calls them. And we told them, uh, 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 Pastor Kim was speaking and she's like, quiet your minds. I want you to, I want you just to really listen to what God has for you. And I want you to hear 
his name for you. And for some kids, you know, they, they just weren't really hearing anything. They're still learning how to hear the voice of God. So we had team members that would go up and pray over them and, and God would give them the name for this child. And, and it was so cool to see middle schoolers and high schoolers learn their identity at such a, a young age. And, and here's, here's, here's a, a, a picture or a video of, of what, what would happen. So um, they would be prayed over. After they would be prayed over, they would go up and they would grab this uh, key. And as they would get that key, then they would, they, they would know what their name was from the Lord. And then they would bring it out and the volunteers would carve in that name on that key so that they could have a necklace that they could wear around with their new identity. So cool. And here's some of the things that, that some of those names that we saw. Uh, baby girl. And Jesus looked at this, this middle schooler and said, you're my baby girl. Beautiful warrior. Another one was Jewel. And this one was so cool because I was talking to Kim about this and we have this high school girl uh, that's been in our ministry for a long time and she was, she was praying over O2 and she was praying over the whole weekend and she's like, the Lord just brought me this, this girl's f- to mind and, and she said, Kim, she's my jewel. And so in this message, she, she talked about that experience and she looked at this girl who's, who's graduating this year and she goes, told me that your name is Jewel. God's Jewel. Another one was Joy. Go ahead and put the next one up. This is a 10-year-old girl got sledgehammer. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Keep rolling them up. Treasure. Strong rock. Graceful one. Adored warrior lioness. That was that was another ten year old girl that got that. And you know that that's from the Lord. If a ten year old girl gets the word lioness, and then as I was prayed over before the weekend, uh, Pastor Will was praying over me, and he says, "Your one of your names is Kingdom Carver." But what about you? What does God say about you? I'm sure he's got several names for you, all of which are uplifting, all of which where he wants to just show you how proud he is of you, how much he loves you. So as we close this morning, I want everybody to stand and I want us to quiet our minds from all the junk and I want us to truly seek his name for us. fact because we have a little time if you would be bold enough to say I've really been struggling with thoughts of who I am I, I just feel like every time I get to a certain point the devil drags me back you struggle with identity you struggle with how God really sees you you struggle with knowing how much God really loves you that's you. Would you raise your hand? 
And I think most of us will go through that, especially certain seasons of our life. But some of us are are plagued with that. So what I want us to do right now is I I want us to quiet our mind. I want to pray over you. And I want to just see if the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what his name is for you. So Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. We know you're already here, but now we ask that you would fill us up to overflowing. We pray in Jesus' name that you would bind up an evil spirit that would mess with our mind right now, that you would clear our thoughts, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to only hear your voice. And I pray, Holy Spirit, right now for every person in this room, as we get ready right now, that we would hear what you have for us, that we would hear what your name is for us. And I pray in Jesus' name right now, Holy Spirit, that you would speak that to us right now into our mind, into the the silent peace that we're feeling, that you would speak that name to us right now. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10.9. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.